Alex, Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> welcome to the Curio House podcast. Thank you guys for coming in. So I was, uh, I was, we brought you in. Thank you, by the way, for being so flexible <laughs> and just coming in like at the drop of a hat. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, it's but, no problem. <laughs> I wanted to bring you, I wanted to bring you guys on because you have a super interesting story and uh, we're, this is a little unorthodox because we're actually in the middle of helping you buy a property, um, but we've hit quite a few stumbling blocks along the way and you've got kind of an interesting uh story with that and so i thought it'd be cool to bring you guys on and chat with you a little bit and kind of learn a little bit more about who you guys are and uh maybe we can tell some people about sort of the roadblocks that we hit trying to get you guys a place and uh how we overcame that and and what hopefully is now the direction that we're headed in hopefully so yeah <clears throat> so uh but i want to start with you guys so i know you're not native oklahomans no we're so not. where are you guys from originally Colorado. Colorado. Yep. Okay. The the beautiful kind of I don't know what's the cursing like on this podcast. Oh, it's uh well, it depends if you if you feel like you want to, you can just I mean, <laughs> fucking throw the windows or the rules it's, out the window. It's the beautiful shithole of Grand Junction is okay. is where we're from. I've <laughs> never been to Grand Junction. Is it is it bad? It's not terrible. But there is some, uh, it's kind of gone downhill the last few years. It depends on where you're at. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, so there's like nice parts and then not nice parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, um, well, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because you were in the military, Alex. And uh, so is is that what took you guys out of Grand Junction or? Originally, um <laughs> Originally, it was I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona, and I drug her out from Grand Junction to come stay with me there. Uh, and that's when we in got the middle married. Of the desert. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Nowhere. I've never even heard of Yuma. I didn't know there was a Marine Corps base there. Yeah. Uh, what What do they do in Yuma? Like, what are the Marines preparing for in Yuma? Uh, Yuma is so it's. Uh, it's a Marine Corps air station. And oh. I'm pretty sure it was originally uh, Air Force Base. Okay. And the Marines kind of came in and took over this whole kind of just small aircraft base okay. that they had going on there. And pretty much everything to do there was uh, just you were either supporting or working for the uh, airfield there. Okay. Gotcha. So that, that was definitely like the main... Um, it, uh, source of employment would be the military base. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you drag Kylie out of Grand Junction, Colorado to Yuma freaking Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Because you were bored and lonely. No, just Well, no, you, you're not wrong. Yeah, there's nothing to do there. <laughs> so how long are you out there before you drug Kylie out? <clears throat> uh, I got there August of 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I... Drug her out there. I got there January twenty nineteen. Was it January? Because mm-hmm. we went. I went back with him after Christmas. After he asked me to marry him. Oh, uh, you yeah. asked her over Christmas break. I asked On her Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Oh my God! <laughs> <coughs> Congratulations. <laughs> That's so cool. Were you trying to ruin Christmas for everyone else? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pretty much the only reason. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So you were, how long have you guys been dating at that point? Um, Not that long. It was, really? 
a year and like a like a month. Something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. yeah. It and you guys just felt like it was ready or it was time. Yeah. I, mean, honestly, I guess he it, did. I mean, yeah. it was kind of yeah. started. <laughs> well, that's good. Most most of the time it's opposite. And it's like the the woman's like knocking every couple of weeks, like, hey, <laughs> did you know I want to get married? <laughs> you know? No. That's cool. So what uh so Grand Junction you would define as like a a pretty shithole. Yeah. Okay. More or less. Yeah, because you're in a valley, so you got the nice book cliffs and then um, mountainous area, cause, and then you just go into the valley, into town, and then certain areas, it's just like, ooh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some reason, this this I, I've never been to Grand Junction, but it makes me think of um, the areas outside of Red River, New Mexico. There's these big like valleys and prairies and rolling hills and everything, big grasslands and um, horse ranches with like, you know, dozens of acres on them and everything. But then like next to this beautiful like seven, eight hundred thousand dollar horse ranch will be this, you know, like single wide with the walls falling off and everything. I mean, it's pretty close. Kind of (laughs) instead of like horse farms, it's vineyards. Yeah, lots of vineyards and peach, peach farms. Really? Yeah. So are they like known for their wine? Not they're known for the peaches, honestly. Okay. Palisade peaches. Definitely oh. uh, a big staple there. Oh my god. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. When we lived in the panhandle, we used to have someone that would bring like they'd fill the pickup bed full of these boxes of peaches and bring them down from Colorado. And they're huge. Yeah. They're and they're so like good. the juiciest, most yeah. delicious peaches yep. you've ever had. <laughs> they're yep. good. That's cool. Okay. So that's the general vicinity of where we're from. Okay. So. Very cool. And so what what got you from Yuma, Arizona out here? Like what happened in between that? We had visited Oklahoma once uh and it was more down towards Ardmore. It was in Ardmore. Ardmore? Mhm. Uh, okay. Cuz we had some friends that lived down there. Uh and they invited us for their wedding. Okay. And so we flew out here or to Ardmore and I mean we we loved how it looked down there. Yeah, cuz we came when it was still really green and nice out. Yeah. And so we were like this is really nice and then like when it came to time figuring out where we were going it was like yeah, Oklahoma's a good choice cuz it's a happy medium cuz Colorado's gotten really expensive. Yeah. And it's just either not worth it or just way too much money. Yeah. Had you guys looked at buying in Colorado? Briefly. Yeah. yeah. Here and there. It, yeah. A little bit. It was kind of hard to even look because the prices were just not not what we could do. Really? And was it uh, was it just that everything you were looking at was like in the, you know, 300s or was it just like, what, what did you see with the real estate there? Either they were trailers that were marked up that were not worth it. Or okay. it were really nice houses just for way too much. Yeah. Yeah. What what has been your experience since you've been shopping in Oklahoma for a house? Because I know we, we still, especially in Logan County, you'll still see, you know, double wides and stuff. And, mm-hmm. But I guess you don't see as many. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely more houses, like actual houses on the market here rather than in Colorado. Yeah. So that was the biggest difference. Because majority of it are double wides, single wides, and things of that kind. The ones here are way nicer than the ones that we would see on the market back in Colorado, where we were trying to look um, 
So just the main thing is like actual houses yeah. <laughs> on the market. <laughs> yeah, actual inventory. Yeah. Well, uh, so before we get to telling your story, I want to uh, I want to back up a little bit. I want to stay with it. So you're in the Marine Corps. You're in Yuma, Arizona. What and what were you doing out there? Um, we, I was uh, Marine Wing Sport Squadron. So we were in support of just airfields, aircraft. Okay. Um, and we were actually I was technically stationed. Our squadron was seven miles away from the actual base, um, where we just, I fixed the trucks and the rigs and the wreckers and all of them to transport materials, transport um, fuel for the aircraft. Um, Were you pretty handy before you got in the Marine Corps, or did they teach you everything once you got in? Um... I, I did some courses, uh, some college courses uh, for basic just gas engine maintenance. Um, so I didn't know a whole lot. But over over the years in the Marine Corps, I, I feel like I got pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, just picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Are you that personality type where it's like you, you learn by being hands-on? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> That's me too. That's me too. So what were you doing while you guys were in Yuma? <clears throat> were you working um, or anything or the first few months no because it was actually really hard to get a job there um and previous to um leaving colorado i was working at Chuck E. cheese actually because it was still you know fresh out of high school okay and things of that kind um <clears throat> trying to get established pretty much in life um and then it was just so hard to find a job that i walked back into Chuck E. cheese and i was like hey i have the experience can I get hired? And I did. I ended up staying there for the whole time we were in Yuma. Yeah. Um, and then when I got here, I spent a couple months looking and then found the job that I have now. Cool. Did working at Chuck E. Cheese make you want to never have kids? No, (laughs) no. Um, actually it was never the kids that were the issues. It was the parents. Oh really? Yeah. What, What were they snotty or, um, they could be. And then if like, you get those certain people in there that think they're better than you and something goes wrong. They just lose it. And you're like, can you just go wait? (laughs) That wasn't my fault. We literally can't control that. Please excuse yourself from (laughs) this facility. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. So how long have you been in Oklahoma now? Um, so we got here, I think it was the end of June. Yeah. Literally the very end of of 21. Mm hmm. No, no kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are like new Oklahomans. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Super sweet. So you you moved to Oklahoma. You sign a I'm guessing a twelve month lease mm-hmm. on an apartment. And did you guys know that you were gonna buy something right away when you moved out, or was that the was that the plan all along? It was the plan, more or less. Yeah. Because yeah, we knew we didn't want to stay in the apartment for more than a year. Yeah. Um, we were kind of just hoping. That it would just kind of let us have a place to stay until we found somewhere that we'd like Figured to would out. purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of spurred the the movement to try and get into something now? Um, just the fact that we didn't want to have to rent anymore. Yeah. It was just getting so old. Yeah. 
And yeah. we found out that our apartment complex wants 60 days notice. So that kind of oh pushed us in there. Yeah. Just a wee bit faster than we would have originally planned to be. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. I've, I've been hearing so many horror stories about apartment complexes and houses that people are renting where rent's going up, you know, 20% this year. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's wild. And granted, like prices are going up and everything, but I think there's some landlords out there that are just... Uh, especially like on these apartment complexes, they're just doing it because they can. Yeah. You know? Well, and we had to move into something sight unseen, which did not help because these apartments were not worth it. Really? <laughs> Unfortunately, like with this weather going on right now, literal condensation inside of our windows. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. And then like ice would form or is forming on the what? inside of the windows. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Causing mold. So, oh my yeah. God. It gets moldy all around the window. Yeah. So we're, That's we're great. pretty Well, I'm, I'm sure the <laughs> apartment complex, you know, maintenance supervisor is just out every day doing everything that he can to help you guys mitigate all of these problems. Right? Oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. what they told us was it's just condensation because outside is cold and inside is warm. Oh, yeah. 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 And the, uh, yeah, the ice forming on the inside of my windows is completely normal too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I've if, seen that all the time. Yeah. yeah. If you don't let it sit there, it won't cause mold. No. But it's kind of like, what am I supposed to do with the ice and water anyways? Yeah. It's not going to stop. <laughs> so when you guys started your house hunt, how did how did this all start? Randomly getting on Zillow and <laughs> Realtor all the time. Yeah, pretty much. And just uh, looking and seeing what there was. And if there wasn't anything, we'd stop for a couple of weeks and then hop back on. Yeah. So you weren't like on a mission. I'm going to find a place. You're just kind of casually looking, seeing what was there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely started out casually. We started looking back in Yuma, yeah. honestly. Yeah, because okay. we were, were trying to see what it looked like out here and if it was even going to be worth moving out here. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were actually going to have any real options, yeah. especially for what we were trying to spend because yeah. we don't have money bags, but I mean, <laughs> we can still spend a decent amount on a house. Yeah. And the housing market was great before we got here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was way better. <laughs> when we first Let's started see, looking. A June of 21. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? It, it was still pretty chaotic. It was pretty wild. I think it really ramped up here around May, April, May of 20. And it was pretty relentless. Uh, There was a weird period over this last summer where it like died down a little bit for like a couple weeks. But then all of a sudden everyone was back out. I think this was around 4th of July, actually. It sort of dipped. And then by the middle to end of July, it was like on, like game on. (laughs) I think we popped on and actually looked around that time period just to see what it was looking like now that we were out here. And I definitely remember there were like a lot on the market. At that there point. was a lot. There was yeah. so much. Yeah. But now the problem that we're having is like, there's, there's nothing there. There's not a lot. There's really, uh, no. it's either nothing for us or just way too expensive. Yeah. Or just not even worth it. Too small. Yeah. Well, but you guys are kind of unique buyers uh, because you aren't like you're not super picky and you seem to be open to like unique or quirky, you know, homes and properties and everything. And so that was kind of the um, the the first property that we were looking at was going to be interesting. That was going to be like a barn dominium type thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been really fun to do, but. 
That obviously did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work out. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna like cringe for you guys on this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so that one, that barn dominium, this was actually a uh I will just tell them what it was. So this was almost a four acre property mm-hmm. that was uh sort of like southeast of Guthrie or just north of Luther. Um, and it was in a really cool community because it, it originally like 20 years ago when they were planning this thing out, it was going to be an equine, um, community with like luxury horse properties and luxury horse barns and things like that. And the idea was, uh, that, you know, with the reservoir right there, it would be gated, controlled access, beautiful properties. And I think the demand wasn't there initially when they, you know, were, were developing this. So you've got some beautiful houses out there, but there's only like eight. Yeah. And then there's some lots. And so you guys found this one lot that was almost four acres and had a 40 by 42 shop on it and uh, had, you know, small living quarters. How big would you say that was? Like, Oh, I don't even know. And with how like the awkward setup it was, it was kind of hard to tell what it would have even been. I think it probably ran like, I would say 30 feet by like 10. Something like that. I don't even know if it was that much. No? It was so small. It was small. (laughs) And it was, I I don't know if the guy was originally setting it up as like a living quarters or as an office or what, but it was, it was just such a unique setup. And so what was your, what was your plan with that? Like what was, what was your hopes? Well, she definitely wanted to knock that wall down. <laughs> yeah. It immediately was just the first response was I still want to, knock honestly. the wall down. <laughs> you just I, want to see the wall knocked down. I really do. I wish I could like just find out who's going to buy that and just keep an eye and be like, hey, can I come in to help you take this stupid wall down? I don't know. Alex, no she doesn't sense. have a history of like B&E, does she? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Now, uh, I mean, I think we had a lot of conversations about what you guys wanted to do to that place. And I thought it was going to be a, a kick-ass barn dominium because you were talking about knocking down that wall where the little living quarters is mm-hmm. and um, pretty much making the whole shop your house. Yeah. Which would have been badass. It would have been so cool. Yeah. And so it had roll-up doors on both sides. And we had talked about scrapping the roll-up doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, really just finishing out the interior, doing concrete floors, adding your kitchen. And, and this place, I guess we could just, just disclose everything. Like, it was, it was pretty badass. Had the geothermal heat and air set up already plumbed. You were on your own well, your own septic. Um, it would have been, I, I hope I'm not like making you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I kind of do. <laughs> I mean, does it suck that we didn't get it? Yeah. But I mean, we found a pretty cool place, so I think it's okay. Yeah. So the way this went down kind of sucked though, uh, because this is a seller's market, it's tough to, um, create a, an offer that looks very compelling for a seller, especially when the seller has it in their mind that, they're going to get a cash offer for over asking and you know, all this stuff. And, uh, in this case, Alex, we were going to use your VA loan. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we found something uh, super interesting called a VA construction loan, which would have allowed us to go in and basically you would purchase the property, get it appraised for like an after repair value. And then you would get a construction loan for the difference so that you could finish out this place and, and make it what you wanted. Yeah. And so you submitted, um, I think, a fair offer 
we knew that their property or what they were selling it for was over market. And, uh, you know, they had been on the market for a while and we were in a unique position where we had already seen an appraisal. So we knew what the property appraised for and still offered over that. And then what happened? They didn't want to move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. That was, oh gosh, that, that was even the different one. (laughs) Uh, so on, on the barn dominium, Mm -hmm. I think we submitted the offer on like a Sunday. We, we submitted it and then we heard nothing. We didn't hear anything (laughs) for nothing. And nothing nothing again. Yeah. It might've been, it might've been a full five days. Or close to. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that. Because I know the deadline that we put on the contract like came and went, and they gave no shits about no. that. No. No. Not really. And then we like had to nudge them like real hard, be like, hey, you know, what's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, um, no, it's not going to work. It's like you could have said that five days ago. Or like before we went out twice with, you know, a contractor. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Got our hopes up. Yeah. Already yeah. started making plans for the place. So, yeah. Yeah. So that that was that like a real disappointment for you guys when when they came back and and said no deal. I mean, yeah, but it wasn't too bad because we might have dodged a bullet. Yeah, like it it did need some work, and the more the longer we looked at it, the more it seemed like it needed work. Yeah, well, it would have. I mean, you would had like quite the project on your hands. Yeah. yeah. But you got excited because right after we found out that that was a no-go, you found a lot in the same neighborhood. <laughs> literally a hop, down, skip, and a jump like away from yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> a literal hop, skip, and jump. And it had been on the market. It literally came on that night. And so we went out and looked at it. And uh, that seemed like a cool property. You know, two and a half acres. It was still in the same area. And uh, I remember we, we walked through and kind of, explored that broken down RV that was for some reason just sitting out there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, which was random. Um, <clears throat> and I know you guys kind of got excited about that too. And it was a good price, but it was another uh, position where the seller was looking for a cash deal. And right. I think that's because they knew it wasn't going to appraise for what they were selling it for. And so they wanted to make sure that someone was either covering the appraisal gap or paying cash and didn't give a shit about the appraisal. So, that was a womp womp. <laughs> Did we ever hear what was going on with that? Like the numbers and everything that uh, Kent was talking about? No. And actually, I'll. Uh, so he got in an accident. <gasps> oh. And yeah. I. Oh, my God. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you. Um, I found out uh, one night that he, uh, he had had a stroke. And yeah, I was, I, it like came out of nowhere. His son actually messaged me and, and told me, and, uh, it was, it was pretty severe. He's actually still in the hospital. Um, so I've been kind of running around helping keep up on his property cause they just bought a place and, uh, with the snow and the ice and everything, wanted to make sure that he didn't have pipes bursting and, and all that. But, um, yeah, I hadn't told you that. So Man, that was crazy. It was, it was wild. It was a big surprise cause we weren't expecting it at all. Yeah, no. I mean, I I was actually able to meet him, and yeah, it yeah. does not look like that would have had happened. No, no, it, it was shocking. So I hope. Uh, last, I, I talked to his wife yesterday, and um, he was last I heard he was kind of in good spirits, not but good. still, it was it was rough. So yeah, 
sure. Um, but no, we didn't get any final numbers. I know the uh, the well itself was going to be uh, pretty expensive, and I can't remember exactly why. But there's something with the permit to dig the well out there. Okay. But if we ever get numbers. Right. <laughs> I'm just curious know. what it would have even looked like for us if we would have even been able to do it. Because it was definitely... A, another yet yeah, again unique situation <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah and it's that's kind of tough because those are like situations where um you're not really just like buying a property you're kind of like buying the land and then trying to build and so there's a lot more moving pieces and a lot more that you have to juggle um and i know when when you kind of get on a when you don't have as much cash to throw into something like that um it can be a lot harder to manage and uh, I, I'm actually kind of glad that you guys didn't go that route because it just gets hairy and I don't know. I would have hated for you guys to end up in a bad spot, but I think it worked out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we did never ended up putting the offer in on this two and a half acre lot. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and instead, um, I think it was that night or the night after, um, I had been trolling the market and I saw this weird little property that I didn't even think you guys would be interested in. I never mentioned it to you. And then we sent it to <laughs> and you. And then we found it. And then you <laughs> sent it to me at like 7 o'clock the next morning, and you're like, hey, I want to go see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. When you sent it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> was like, that was the weirdest little house. That, that was the start of the the coincidences that kept happening. Yes. Our little Our little group. Yeah. The, like, a weird timing. It was just always, just always strange timing the minute we ask a question about something you all of a sudden get the answer for it yeah back from someone yeah it'd be like i don't know let me check on this and then literally as soon as we got off the phone or i sent a text i would get an email and it was <laughs> almost to the second yeah like and so same thing happened today when you guys asked me for an update <laughs> and i was like no you know i'll find out and then sure enough i hang up i open my email and then it goes ding and another one comes in and it's that email yeah it was <laughs> like, like literally what? you're like I don't know when exactly, but she said, you know, as soon as possible. And then I think it was maybe five minutes at yeah. max. And you were like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's not tell that yet. Yeah. So we find this house. You found this house. We go and look at it. And this is like a super unique, it, it's like a cabin kind of, In it feels way. like a mountain Almost, property, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, it, so it's got some acreage. This the guy that's selling this is like we were talking about this while we were out there. He's like the man's man he, of he's manly a dude. men. He is a he's dude. a dude. <laughs> like the guy is obviously like a hunter, a welder, uh, like raises chickens and uh, like he's got everything. And uh, I, I was just thinking about that '56 Chevy he had parked out there. And actually, I, I think I was doing some research on. It. I think it might be a '65. Oh, really? I think it might be a 65. Okay. I did a little bit of research on it, and I was looking at pictures back on Zillow and trying to, like, find the exact year because I was just so just hyped about this truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out if, if he'll leave it. I don't know. I can only wish. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't want to take a whole lot, so we'll see. I know, fingers <laughs> crossed. But so we spent like, what, an hour out there? Maybe a little over an hour kind of walking Something around, like that, checking yeah. the place out. And I know there's a, there's like chicken coop and a bunch of outbuildings and everything. So we were walking around, checking it out. 
you guys kind of fell in love with it pretty quickly. I felt at home. Yeah. The minute we walked into the house. Yeah. Just it was comfortable. Yeah, it was comfortable. It was uh, like like it said on the description on the on uh, Zillow. It had the Coloradan like kind of style to it. And yes. I, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Super chill. What were some of your favorite things about the place? The shape. Honestly, really? it's just it's not just it's not cookie cutter, unique. which is which is nice because we didn't really want a cookie cutter house. Yeah. Um and so that was like the biggest thing that stood out was the shape because it it is different. It's way different. I mean, oh, yeah. you got your slanted walls and then this one's straight like the upstairs patio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That thing was cool. That was so so cool. this guy basically built um like over the back porch, there's this uh stairway that goes up and then there's this deck mm-hmm. and all it's missing is the uh, railing and all of the safety features. Yeah. But, <laughs> but other than that, this deck is badass. It's crazy. I, and uh, so I remember his dogs that were running around, hanging out with us. They were up there. And I kept thinking like if that one little wiry, crazy dog fell off this thing, I was like, this guy's <laughs> never going to like take our offer. If we kill his right. Dog. I know. Cause that dog was just so happy to see us. It's like, please don't fall. Please don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be bad. <laughs> So, um, what, what else did you like about it? Cause it's so, it's so kooky. Like what, when you walked in, tell me like what you saw. The first thing I saw when we walked in was that antler chandelier that he had up, yeah. on, up on top. Instantly. I was like, this is going to be a great home. This guy, <laughs> this guy is great. And just looking out front when we first pulled up, just all the, just knickknacks and, and, the like handmade stuff that he had out there yeah was just you knew that this guy uh if he did work on it himself he probably did it pretty well yeah pretty did accurately good work. i mean he had a palette saying blacksmith yeah yeah so yeah that was pretty cool i think the first thing that i noticed was the smell yeah the smell of just like because oh, of the fireplace yeah, the fireplace. It, yeah because it, it's a wood burning fireplace and so yes. you just had that smoky smell and it's just comforting really because i mean his parents back home have a, a wood burning fireplace and so it's, it's pretty comforting yeah did it remind you of like the mountains or did it just remind you of home at home in general home. Yeah. yeah the mountains if, yeah. if you took that smell and mix it with like a uh, fresh coffee from the kitchen yeah just mix those smells it smells just like home that would be a badass candle yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he wants coffee I, candles <laughs> like you should coffee. be able to do that coffee and campfire candles that oh. should be a thing that would be really cool i know there are people out there that make sense and they oh, should yeah. get on that <laughs> oh yeah they would sell out real quick yeah can we do that as a cologne <laughs> i bet you could probably yeah someone one year for christmas they bought me like a tobacco and something body wash and i wasn't i wasn't quite into the tobacco smell but if it was like um teak wood like i would bathe in teak wood <laughs> yeah i love that yeah. stuff i would smell like i was abercrombie and fish <laughs> just <laughs> walking abercrombie and fish <laughs> but uh so this house was pretty cool had character super unique you guys really liked it right off the bat smelled like home and i think before we even left you decided you wanted to write an offer on it yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah you asked him and he was like yes and Absolutely. we literally, you went home, wrote it up, we signed it, and we sent it off. Yeah. This was, this all happened in like an hour. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Super quick. Yeah, we saw and it and we put in an offer a couple hours later. So I think the house was on the market for like... Not even a day, I don't think. Was it not even a day? Well, was it just over a day? It, I, I think, think when we sent the offer in, it was the second day on market. Yeah. Okay. When we saw it, it was like 23 hours yeah. that it was on market. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. And, okay, so in the realtor remarks on the MLS, it had said that the seller was traveling and it said, please allow up to 72 hours for a response. And uh, I thought that since the guy was just there when we got there, yeah. I thought he'd be able to respond pretty quickly because I was like, he's not traveling. Not but yet, anyways. <laughs> apparently he was headed to the airport. You know, I don't know. Uh, so we write this offer mm-hmm. and we send it in. And uh, then we get told, like, he's traveling. Let's give him a little time. So what was it, a day or two? I think it was two days. Two days? Maybe just shy of two days. Okay. I don't know. It all went by so quick. I it mean, did yeah. kind of. <laughs> it yeah, was a whirlwind. It all went by quick and then took forever. Yeah. yeah it was... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. And so he basically gets back to us and says uh, that he's decided not to sell. And we're like, uh, excuse me, (laughs) you put your house on the market. We gave you an offer for exactly what you're asking for. And then you decided you're not going to sell. Like what happened? And so we don't know exactly what happened on his end, but like you guys were pretty bummed, right? More, more than Shadow Ridge. Really? It's like the the minute we started when we first met you up at Shadow Ridge, um, we started there, and then it was just like a steady buildup. Every place that we looked at was just like a buildup, and it just kept getting better. <laughs> <laughs> and then when this one dropped off, I, I was just heartbroken. Oh, no. Because yeah. it just kept going up. Yeah, because, I mean, you called me, and I was sitting at home. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> when I answered, <laughs> I was like, hi. <laughs> what? What? And you're like, uh, so. I was like. Crap. <laughs> and you told me, and so I called him, and he was just basically. I was at work. Yeah, I was like, "Can you?" I texted him. I was like, "Can you call really quick? Like, this isn't something I can sit with all day." Oh no. And and so he, he calls me. I pick up. I'm like, "So he's not selling." And he just basically was just like, "What?" <laughs> I think that was all of our responses. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you're not selling? Your I, house is for sale. Yeah. We were one of two showings in the only offer. Yeah. So it was just like, what happened? Devastating. And, and there was a couple hours there, or like an hour or two, between her telling me the bad news and then her telling me, <laughs> but he's changed yeah. his mind. And <laughs> now he's well, I, So, and that, like, it was a, an emotional roller coaster on my side, too, because <laughs> I was like, okay, he's not selling. And I was like, and Alex, you had actually texted. And uh, you said, so what do we do now? Or where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> and so the only thing I could think of was um, there's nothing on the market. Like, you looked, I looked, we're all looking. There's nothing. And so I was like, I, we've got to find an off-market property. And so I just started calling people that I know. And I had one that I thought would be a killer property. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I like started making calls on it, trying to see if this guy would be interested in selling. Turns out he could possibly be interested in selling if we found him the right house. So then my mission was, how do I find this guy the house so I can sell Alex <laughs> and Kylie his house? 
And it was just one of those things where I was just trying to make it work. And, um, then like, as I was ramping up on that, trying to figure out what I was going to do to help find something for you, I get another call that says, Hey, he's, uh, he's reconsidering. And I'm like, reconsidering. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, okay. What exactly is reconsidering? Uh, and so I guess the guy was going to be out of town for a week. And so his answer to us is, well, if you can wait until I get back, then I will let you know what, (laughs) if I'm selling or not. So you guys have been sitting here like biting your nails for a week. All week. (laughs) And then this morning we're texting and you ask if there's been an update and I, I say, no, let me, you know, find out. And right after we get off the phone, I get an email that says he has agreed to sign. Congratulations. That was so like awesome. And he was outside taking the dog out. So when he came back, I'm like, did you see it? And he's like, yes. I'm like, we have it. And he's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) Hold on. Don't get your hopes up. Not again. I mean, and honestly, I'm going to cry if something happens after this. We're not even going to think about it, though. Seriously. I know. You know? Yeah. I'm just keep manifesting. I'm like, it's going to be fine. We're going to get it. Yes. It's going to be fine. Yes. And it's in such a good spot. It really like, is. It is. Shadow Ridge was far. It it was a decent drive. This one is a little bit closer, which is nice. And then we really don't have any back roads no. like Shadow Ridge would have. It's um, all yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, <laughs> weird, weird contact. It's all pretty much uh, just paved road. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got the actual road that you're on is gravel, but but it's not even it's not that bad because it's gravel. No. It's not dirt. Yeah. So. And I think the cool thing is you're really right side, right outside of town. Mm-hmm. So you can get into the store pretty quickly if you need to go to Walmart or a gas station or something. Uh, I think with Shadow Ridge, it would have been like a 15-minute minimum drive to anything. If not more. Really? Yeah, I think down to Luther it was like 15, 20 minutes on its own. Oh, my God. You wanted to get to and Edmond, I think it was Luther. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so what would what would that have done for your commutes if you were at shadow ridge um i think yours was like 30 and mine was pushing 40 oh yeah, my gosh like yeah because he works off of the interstate and then i work over off of 33rd and broadway i believe okay so yeah it would have been a drive it's still gonna be a drive just not that bad yeah are you guys, uh, like, Kylie, are you going to look for a new place closer once you guys make the move? or? I might. It just depends on how long I really want to do that drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. what is available for jobs. Well, if people keep quitting at the rates they're quitting, there's going to yeah, be a kidding. lot of jobs <laughs> oh, yeah. available. Wow. I'm blown away at, like, what the unemployment's doing i guess maybe it's not even unemployment because i think these people are going and getting other jobs or doing other things but they're just like leaving work like yeah. the loves one of the loves in town was closed for a couple of days because they didn't have anyone to run one of the shifts oh, wow man. which is crazy yeah that is. yeah it's like how can loves close for, for like it was like a tuesday wednesday kind of thing yeah it was oh like that's because that's, like, that's not just a puny little podunk no. gas station it's like no. a major it's right off the interstate like yeah. everyone well uses this is the it. one in off division in guthrie so okay. it's kind of like the mini one okay uh, 
still. I thought you were talking about the one like right off the interstate. I was like, ouch. That would be crazy. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. If those doors ever closed, there's a problem. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know the world's ending or something. Yeah. like. Yeah. And they're yeah. all offering, like, as people quit more and more, they're all offer- offering, like, insane sign-on bonuses or, or, like, application bonuses even. Really? There's, like, a uh, buddy I work with... Uh, told me about like a mcdonald's is offering like five hundred dollars just to like apply an interview like ju- just I'm just sorry? to apply an interview it's just five hundred dollars or something like that it was is there a limit on the number of times you can apply <laughs> i don't know because i can type pretty quick i can, I can use different a couple names yeah <laughs> my god well so what's the what's the plan for after you guys move after you close on the house I mean, we've been talking about, like, a couple of modifications that we want to do. Because depending on when we close, how everything goes, we'll still have a decent amount of time before we'll probably move in. Because we don't want to pay too much to get out of our lease. Um, And so we would have time to do some stuff to the house. We definitely want to give it a, a fresh paint job. Yeah. Like, number one, that's for sure getting Interior done. and exterior? Um, interior for sure. Not so sure on the exterior yet. Exterior would be more like a, just like a little touch up, just some paint, maybe a, you know, seal in that, that deck, that patio they, yeah. they built. But other than that, not, not too much on the exterior. Yeah. The I big thing on the exterior that we have to know what it looks like is the shingles and things like that. Yeah, like the roofing. what, Yeah. yeah. And that'll be good. It's something the home inspector is going to help you get a better grasp on. I mean, when they go through the house, they're going to, I won't say tear it apart, but I always use the analogy. It's like taking off the makeup. You know, you kind of see like, okay, what does this thing actually look like? How does it function? How old are these pieces? And, and what's the real story? So it's uh, home inspection is great. And actually, um, obviously the home inspection is always your decision. You can use whoever you want, but I've got a couple people that I'd love to recommend. Uh, they're local to Guthrie. They do a fantastic job. So they'll take care of you. We'll take mm-hmm. your recommendation because we don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things that I, I try and like always make sure that people understand it's always their choice. Like you're driving the boat. I'm just here to help you navigate. Um, but it's funny how often people will say like, no, we're just going to go with, you know, whoever you choose. And, uh, it makes me think like, man, you know, people, uh, well, I don't know the, I don't think the rules should change, but I think it should be more okay for an agent to say like, you know, Hey, I recommend you use this person because when we like, from my perspective, this guy does like all of the buy side transactions that I'm on. And so you kind of get used to working with him and you understand how he operates and you, you learn to trust him because you see him go through these houses and you see him, you know, call things out that you didn't notice or whatever it is. And, uh, I think it just establishes like rapport and trust. And, uh, I think that's crucial when you're going through something that's costing you almost $200,000. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's not like we were taught any of this in school. Yeah. And what to look for, what not to look for. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Totally. Cool. Are you guys excited about getting through this and getting oh, yeah. in there? Oh, yeah. I'm excited and terrified all you? at the same time because it's just <laughs> like on on top of spending almost 200000 on this house, 
on top of that, it's, you know, a week long of torture waiting for an answer mm. or uh, whether or not he's actually going to sell, if at all. Yeah. And it's just, uh, just like the waiting game is just so scary. It hurts. <laughs> I know. And, and you're just sitting there like, it, from your perspective, I'm sure you're like, what's the holdup exactly? Like, what are, what are you trying to decide? You list your house for sale. You know, yeah. thought the decision was made when you did that. Yeah. And at one point I was like, "Can I wish we could just like personally tell this guy, we want your house, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just- and so the listing broker and I had even had a conversation because usually the buyers and sellers don't meet. Right. And that's because... Most most often we're going through like negotiations and sometimes it can get tense. And so we want to keep feelings and personal, you know, viewpoints and everything out of it. Mm-hmm. So we make it a point to keep the party separate and neutral. That way we can negotiate for both parties as needed and not have anyone get screamed at or, you know, hair pulled or whatever. Uh, but in this case, I think it's, it's, it's actually going to be good if we can arrange a meeting between you and the seller, because I think from what I understand, uh, from what the listing broker has communicated to me, I think he would feel good, um, knowing like who is coming in, who's buying the house and knowing that you're going to take care of it and not just tear it down and build a big modern farmhouse kind of thing. Yeah. That he's leaving it in good hands. Cause I mean, you get attached to the houses you live in. I mean, and that was when you put work into them. Yeah. And he did. Oh yeah. You You can tell. tell he did. And so, I mean, yeah, it would be really cool if we can, because, I mean, he sounds like a pretty interesting guy anyway. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. I mean, just walking around the property, you can see how much personality. So you can only imagine the personality coming from the guy himself. <laughs> like, yeah. did, did we ever find out what's going on with that, the random pieces of turf? No, I'm pretty that sure that's where the caches of weapons are <laughs> or, or maybe the Something. money or I don't know. But that's why yeah. I want to talk to him. So how many were there? Was it three? Three or four or something like that? Uh, there were none in the back that we noticed. And there the were front. they were three in the front. It's a little curious that they were in the front because if they were caches mm-hmm. of something, you'd think they'd be in the back. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, so we were walking around. We noticed this. And I, if I remember correctly, they were at the base of a tree. Each most, one of them. Most of them, yeah. yeah. I think at least two of the three were. I can't remember if the third one was because it was kind of in an awkward I think there was spot. one closer to the fence almost. Really? Yeah. And this was just like it was a piece of AstroTurf. I mean, it was nothing special. Just random. I mean, you even picked one up and it really didn't look like there was anything to even be hidden under there. Yeah, so. it's just bare dirt. Yeah. And actually, as I said, bear dirt, I wonder if he literally put down AstroTurf to cover the bear dirt. Maybe. Or maybe he was dirt. trying to grow. I don't know. Yeah, maybe trying to grow something underneath it. or. But it wouldn't be getting daylight. Uh, maybe mold? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Experimenting with different species of mold. Oh, God. That's terrifying. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Get the inspector in there. It's just all sorts of mold in the walls. <laughs> All kinds of new spores that have been previously unidentified. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This is my way of keeping it. <laughs> well, you can't even look live there now, so. Well, we're going to know something <clears throat> happened or something was going on with those pieces of AstroTurf. If you guys go to move in and they're gone and it looks like the spots have been dug up. That would oh, be yes. like, oh, terrifying. Like, did Jeez. he leave anything? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man. So I, I don't know why. This reminded me of... Uh, 
this place in uh, Florida. It's called St. Augustine. Are you familiar at all? No. It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Okay. If I remember correctly, it's the oldest um, settlement in all of America. And it's uh, it was settled in like 1470 or what? No, maybe it wasn't 1470, 1510. I don't know. Roderick, can you look this up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so it's St. Augustine, Florida. And we went down there. We were shooting a movie there. And it was a Western. um, But there's this fort. And this fort is super, super freaking cool. Um, And since ours was a period film and it was set in, uh, oh, it was like, or no, mid, uh, mid 1850s. It was like 1857 was what it was set in. Anyway, um, the idea is there's this Chickasaw rancher living in Oklahoma and a a bunch of um, Chickasaw get kind of rounded up by the U.S. Calvary and um, basically shipped out to Florida to um, St. Augustine and they're stuck in a like what is essentially a prison. And uh, so anyway, we're we're using the fort for all of these shots and the, the rangers that run the place are kind of showing us the cool stuff, like the behind the scene, behind the scenes stuff. And there's this one area that they take us to that's pitch black and it's just a room. There's stone all around it. And then on the floor, just up, like, I mean, it, it's just small enough that you could fit in or just big enough that you could fit in and like crawl through this wall. The wall was like 10 feet thick of stone and you have to like almost army crawl through this thing and you get out to the other side and uh it's there's no windows it's actually underwater on the other side is is water and uh so you can see little bits of water coming down the stone on the inside and the ground is a little moist because there's no sun it's so it's just damp ground and uh had my phone flashlight and i'm looking at the walls and I see initials and years and tally mark or check marks. Yeah. Tallies and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And, uh, the guy tells me a story about how this was originally a munitions, um, depot or like bunker or something. They would hide it. Um, they basically dug this tunnel and uh, on one side was this like six or 10 feet of stone that this big wall. And on the other side was water. So it was like the safest place to store all of these explosives. So if anything ever detonated, it was damp and, you know, surrounded by stone on one side, water on the other. Well, anyway, um, at, at one point there's a, uh, there's an attack on the, uh, on the settlement or on the, um, whatever this thing's called, there's an attack on the uh, fort and the exterior wall of this munitions thing is damaged and so water comes in and anyway after the battle they ended up repairing it they get it fixed but they didn't want to use it for munition storage anymore so they turned it into a solitary confinement cell and i learned about this after i had been standing in there for like what seemed like five minutes (laughs) pitch black and this is not a big room i mean it's fairly small and you can see all the scratches with the initials and dates and everything like i was saying And you kind of, after you find out like, okay, this was solitary confinement, it like really just racks your brain. I mean, cause you're thinking like, holy shit, like hundreds of years ago, people were locked in this pitch black room. I mean, pitch black, not a single ounce of light. 
and they had to stay down here by themselves. And there, it's such an eerie feeling because <clears throat> the stone is so thick and the, with the water being on the other side of the wall, there's cold. no acoustics. It's yeah, it's cold and it's dead silent. Whatever you say doesn't echo. It just disappears into nothingness. And I could not imagine being stuck in there. We had um, the Yuma Territorial Prison, if you've ever heard of that. No. Um, who, who was it that did a segment on it? Ghost Adventures or something? Yeah. Because it was like haunted or something like yeah, that. But it, it okay. was Ghost Adventures with uh, Zach Bagans. Yeah. Okay. They did a segment on it, and I had visited there once or twice, and... Before you were there once. Once before, um, I got there, and then we went with your family, and right. then I had taken my mom. But um, yeah, they, and they had, had a similar setup for a solitary confinement. It was built into just the side of uh, was it just like a hill or a rock? It was built into a rock of some sort. And it was just called the dark room. Or I don't remember what it was called. Something like that. The black room, something like that. But you just open a door and it's a long hallway into the center of this hill. And it's like a 10 by 10 room that's just stone and rock. And right in the center is this cage that's like four feet by like three feet. So like anytime anyone who goes in there is like hunched over. And they're chained to the center of the cage. No. And when you shut the door, it's complete darkness like you were talking about with the other room. And it's just, you don't move. You, you just hunched over. And you're in there for days at a time. And so you're covered in your own feces. And you walk into that room now, and the smell is insane. You don't want to be in there very long. And you can hear the bats and everything in there. And it's just, like like you were talking about, just eerie. And you just feel gross walking in there. Screw that. And I guess they, they used to have, like, an overhead, like, uh, little uh, door. And they would, like, drop scorpions and snakes on top of you and stuff. And it was just this oh, terrible room. That's awful. Yeah. It. When, when was it built? That's a great question. But it's it was like a territorial prison back in, like, you know, um, first settlements in the West kind of thing. Okay. It's old, old. Old. Yeah. Uh, I made a couple movies about it, too, actually. Really? The 310 to Yuma. Mm-hmm. Oh, 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was all about transporting them to the prison, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've always, I've seen it, or I've, I've seen the movie. I haven't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have seen the title. I've never seen the movie. Same. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I I knew it was a movie. Um, but and I mean there's still some like structures that were there when it was like the actual prison. Um, but and then still across the way there's still the cemetery too. Yeah, you can walk to the cemetery and there's still the you original can, you can walk really? into Burials. the cemetery. Guys, speaking of the cemetery, creepy. did you see that creepy little cemetery on the way to Shadow Ridge? Yes. Yes. It was just off to the side I of the I want to go back there. That was, <laughs> so, it was this, I did not know it was there. It, like, randomly off the north side of the road, it couldn't have been more than, like, 
maybe 20 gravestones. The more that we've been driving around trying to look at houses, I've realized how many random creepy cemeteries there are here. More than you would think, huh? Yeah, yeah. Especially on those back roads. It's like the house, the closest house was like a mile away. And it was like, why is this sitting here? That's really just off-putting. There's one that I'm selling north of Guthrie right now and directly across the street is a cemetery. I couldn't, I could not do that. Yeah. The, the guy's <laughs> girlfriend was like making jokes about the ghost coming over and he was like, shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's awful. But I want to go back to that one on the way to Shadow Ridge and I want to go check it out because it, it looked old. Yeah, it did. I mean, there was no fence or anything around it. No, it was just sitting there. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, they looked like old headstones that were like falling apart, just sitting there on the side of the road. Yeah, I, I want to say there was one going up towards um, the one that we're trying to close on right now. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw some was guy it? driving up there. I it was like surprised. a like off the road, like just a dirt road. You go back and there's like a cemetery. When you guys I don't know, think we've about seen it, too many. We've seen a lot. Oh my god! So I I used to make a joke when we would drive back and forth from here to the Panhandle. Um, when you're driving on uh, the highways out there, there's a bunch of random signs that you just see on the side of the highways and it'll say like cemetery this way, cemetery this way. Yeah. I think now that it was a sign like that, that we saw. I think there was two signs that were like cemetery this way, cemetery this way. (laughs) Why? I don't like that. No. Do you you guys believe in ghosts? I personally really don't but I'm not going to take any chances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take any chances with that. Kylie, you were shaking your head yes. Oh, yeah, I ha- do. Have you ever had a, a ghost encounter? Um, No, not personally, but, I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there. I mean, yeah, a lot of it can be debunked, but there's still a lot of evidence and. I've lived in enough like older places and smaller places to know, yeah, they're, it's pretty true. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was in the oldest brothel in America, which is in Butte, Montana. And uh, I was shooting a post-apocalyptic zombie Western with, of course, with <laughs> the Backstreet Boys and some of the guys from NSYNC and 98 Degrees and uh, the lead singer from Everclear, Art Alexicus. Uh, there was like a bunch of random celebrity cameos, and it was it was one of the coolest things. Um, but one of one of my favorite things was my sister growing up was obsessed with the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and so uh, like I grew up seeing posters of them on my sister's wall, and she was like in love with AJ McLean. <laughs> And, uh, it just so happened that we ended up hitting it off on the show and came to become friends and everything. And, and it was, it was kind of cool. It was a great experience. So I met a lot of cool people that I never thought I would meet. Um, but while we were there, we were shooting at the oldest brothel in the States and it's in Butte, Montana. It was actually built twice because the original one was a single level and up top it was a saloon. And then you would walk down these stone steps to the brothel. And the brothel was just this one kind of hallway. Um, and then there were these stone rooms on both sides. I want to say there was three or four on each side. So it was either six or eight rooms total. And uh, they were they were completely built and formed out of stone. But they had these small windows 
with these little curtains and you could, the curtains were on the outside. So you could pull them back and look in. It it was super creepy. But, um, so that was the original brothel. And then it had been redone at some point. I think it burned down and the woman that ran it rebuilt it. And it was a two story. And then, uh, and when she rebuilt, it was super nice and it is how it currently stands. So when you walk in, you walk into this long hallway and there's these beautiful wood, um, paneled walls and doors. And there's just like a bunch of like eight by six or whatever rooms. It's like big enough for a bed and and a little nightstand and that's it. Uh, but they line both sides and then you look up and you can see, um, you can see up all the way to the ceiling. And there's these, uh, like this handrail that kind of runs around in an oval and there's more rooms up there. But anyway, uh, so we're shooting the, uh, we're shooting this like real dark scene with this, um, zombie, uh, like prostitute, I guess <laughs> that is attacking one of our, our stars and, uh, and we're shooting it in the original brothel. So it's downstairs in these stone rooms. Uh, so we spent however long shooting it all. And, uh, when we were wrapping out, I was downstairs helping clean stuff up, get it all organized. And, uh, like I was saying, there's just those rooms, like three or six rooms on each side. And so a buddy of mine had been in one of the other rooms, wrapping up some cables, cleaning up lights and stuff. And then if I remember correctly, there was another person that was cleaning up like water bottles and stuff. And, uh, we had, we had been joking about ghosts and everything. And, and I'll never forget, I was standing there and, uh, I've got like a spool of cables in this hand and I'm, I'm reeling it up, you know, and I'm, uh, just folding up the cable and I finish, uh, reeling this one cable up. I turn and as I turn, I felt something, it felt like someone brushing by you, you know, you kind of feel like that on your shoulder and you even turn a little bit. And so I feel that. And I, I just turned back cause I thought it was, I thought it was my buddy and no one's there. And so I peek my head out the door and I, I was like, I called my buddy. His name's JB. I was like, Hey JB and nothing. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I go around the corner. <laughs> they're not there anymore. They had gone upstairs and it was just me down there. I would have been done. Dude, I hightailed it up those stairs so fucking fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was terrified. But then I started telling people what had happened. No one else would go down there, but they also all thought I was full of shit. And I was like, all right, listen. You're like, if I am, you go down there. Exactly. Yeah. But no one did. No. <laughs> I think that someone went down and grabbed like the last couple spools of cables that were down there and, and then no one else went down. I personally think that there was a spirit and there's a history of um, articles written about this brothel, the woman that ran it was ruthless. And you got to remember Montana in the 1880s was, there was the wild west. And they would have all these issues with, um, men coming in cowboys and people traveling and whatever. They'd come to the brothel and they would, um, you know, ask for these services. And then they would try and basically hold up the women, not pay them. And at gunpoint say like, I'm leaving. And so this lady was a badass. She would come in and shoot him and she would just shoot him dead in the room. And so I think she had killed like 60 guys Wow! and they, they tried her. If I remember correctly, um, she ended up, she ended up getting hung or something, or maybe she, she was shot. 
But uh, because she shot so many guys there, there's all these stories about oh, the place yeah. being haunted. And I'm 99% sure that I was touched by a ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. I'm back in Yuma again. There's also the Lutz Casino. Um, oh, I hate and I mean, most of it's closed off and we never ate at the restaurant that is still open that's connected to it. Um, but it had the theater right there and there are stories with that too. We don't know as much on that one as we do as the territorial because you can actually explore the territorial prison um, and not loots because it's just locked up close. But like every time you would Don't walk, you think that's scarier? Yeah. Every time yeah. we would walk yeah. by it. Because, like, it's in downtown. There's not much of a downtown Yuma because Yuma's really not much of anything But it's, it's a lot of old buildings, too, like yeah. Wild West buildings yeah. that yeah. are still but it, out there. Every time you walk and by, it was eerie on its own. And, again, there's another. They did an episode on that one, too. And um, But with the Lutz Casino, there's plenty of, of people who've left with scratch marks, like from eating at the restaurant that's open right next to it. Really? Yeah, like they've left with scratch marks. Yeah, they've been touched. R- right, right above the restaurant is, I think, like a, a hotel that hasn't been used in forever. Yeah. It's an old abandoned hotel above the restaurant, and then to the side of the restaurant is an old abandoned theater. Okay. So, and so it's just all sorts of creepy, and then a restaurant. Yeah. That's cool. It is really cool. We should have eaten there before we left, but we never really got the chance to. Um, cause you know, military life doesn't really leave you with a lot of downtime. Yeah. <laughs> and the downtime you did was errands. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, just walking by it was eerie on its own. You didn't even have to like walk in there to feel it. Have you guys heard any of the, any of the stories about downtown Guthrie? I've heard it. Mm-mm. I've heard like a couple, but not a whole lot. No. So one of the things my wife and I want to do is the they do this haunted walk. Oh yeah, <coughs> we heard about that. Actually, I yeah. want to do that so bad. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife's obsessed with it. She's got this book. I think it's called Haunted Guthrie, That's and cool. it's it's basically all the ghost stories of Guthrie. I really need to read it. <laughs> but uh, I always like tell stories and I reference the book, but I've never read the book, so I'm like, oh yeah, here's a book that has great stories. I know none of them. <laughs> but um. There's a there's a story about the Bluebell, which is a restaurant over here, and it's closed right now. They've opened it a couple times, and I don't think it's ever stayed open for more than like a couple months at a time for one reason or another. It always gets shut down. But um, there's stories about uh, the same thing. There's a brothel upstairs and a bar downstairs, and these guys would get rowdy coming in. Um, you know, they'd come in, be drinking at the saloon, and they'd fire off their guns into the ceiling, not thinking about the people that were upstairs. And so there were so many people that would get shot in the leg or, you know, they'd pick one up in their arm or something. And sometimes it would even kill them. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of ghost stories there. Again, I don't know all the specifics because I didn't (laughs) read the book, but that's what happens when you don't do your homework kids. (laughs) But no, there's a, there's a ton of cool ghost stories in Guthrie. There's a, I know with the haunted walk, um, they go by the apothecary garden and supposedly there's another uh, ghost story of something that happens over there. I'm really embarrassed I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of ghost stories that you don't know a whole lot, our high school, 1954 or something like that is when it was built. And there's a mortuary across the street. And oh, yeah. there's oh. tunnels connecting the two because I guess it was rumored. I don't know if it was 
like a rumor, like fact, but used as a bomb shelter in between the two places or something of that kind. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and so there's tunnels. So like if you can go into like a part of um, the high school and actually go down and see, like it's gated off. Um, but there were rumors of like the locks just randomly being unlocked for that. Um, there's an old classroom that was closed off because apparently, like, a couple teachers went crazy in there. Um, yeah, there's supposedly a room behind some the of lockers. the lockers. Really? There used to be, like, an old art room or I something like that. I don't know like what that. it was used for, but, yeah. And was, they, like, closed the room in? They mm-hmm. closed it off, put Apparently, if you there. look back there, you can still see some of the, like, the doorway uh, yeah. above the lockers. Really? They did, a haunted tours or whatever for a couple years, and, um, I did... I think the first year, it was kind of crappy. I mean, the theater kids put it on, so it was like bare minimum type deal. But it <laughs> You was guys still... are so lucky my wife's not here right now. <laughs> She's one of those theater it kids. Was, it was, I mean, but it was like very budgeted. So yeah, it was yeah. bare no, they, minimum. They do the best with what they it, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, wasn't bad. it was yeah. still cool, but like you could, yeah, you can see that, yeah, there was a doorway there. It's closed off. So um, do they know why, though, that it was closed off? Um, just that I think the teachers like went crazy for whoever knows why. Um, That's crazy. And then, I don't know, there were a lot of different ones. There was another one about a kid getting locked in a room somewhere. And so sometimes you'll hear like a bouncing ball because that was like his toy. There's another that story. That freaks me out. There was <laughs> an- the, the little kids. What is it about little kids? <laughs> I hate it. It's so spooky. Yeah. And like, and little, uh, you know, like the music box yeah. sound. Yeah. Or nursery Fuck rhymes. Me. I hate that. <laughs> when I'm watching a horror movie and I start hearing that that uh, or yeah, nursery rhymes too. Yeah, nursery but f- for me, man, that music box, I hear that and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I just kind of close my eyes, like, yeah, peek out a little bit. Yeah. And there was a, another one. A little girl like fell off of like railing in the gym or something like that, and. But yeah, there was an, a rumor of like an underground lake at one point. I don't know. It, there was yeah. a lot of different ones. Like we don't have our yearbooks, but they even had a little page in one of the yearbooks like dedicated to the stories. Really? Um, yeah. Just a How few cool of them. Is that? But yeah. So it's got some history in its own. For me, boot camp had so many horror stories. Oh, yeah. oh, so I many bet. ghost stories that they would always try to like, spread around the barracks were any of them even semi-legit a lot of them sounded pretty legit really so like what i I don't know how recent but years before i actually went to boot camp they started putting up uh like very high railings like cover the whole area because uh boot camp the barracks were just like uh one level was one um um, platoon and then next level was the next platoon and it was like four stories I think three or four stories um, and they started putting up like whole wall railing because it used to be just like like waist high railing so you'd go up the stairs and you could like look out the balcony and they started putting up whole like railings because people would just start getting depressed at boot camp or they'd get like super like homesick and they'd just jump off Really? And they would just commit suicide all the time. Really? Or, like, uh, they'd be pushed too far than, like, what the drill instructors would push them too far or something. I thought they had laws against that now. 
Or is this is this like a while back? Th- this was like like um, beginning of Iraq War and all this other stuff okay. uh, when there were no limits. Yeah. Like nine eleven era. Yeah. No, like, like you wanted to push them to the yeah. breaking point. You want to make sure that they're ready for some serious shit. Yeah. And so, like people are getting driven too far or something like that, and they just jump off. Or there's stories of them just dying in their beds like they get a hold of something sharp cut the wrist die in bed oh my god like how, uh how many people died do you know that's it's a like good question old, old numbers <laughs> yeah pretty much oh my god it was they, they would constantly tell us these stories about things and then when we you take a trip up to like like an hour north to a uh, camp pendleton where you do like the next couple segments of training up there and then you come back down for graduation and there are even more stories up there because that's where you uh you'll go through your training to learn how to how to shoot on the range how to qual and all these other things and you actually get the original qualification uh for rifle up at that range um and there's just horror stories coming from up there like um uh, recruits would go into the bathrooms with the rifle, shoot themselves because they'll somehow smuggle like a round off the range and what? all these other like crazy stories. I'm like, this is not okay. So you go, you try to go to sleep sometimes. You're like, this, you hear like a little sound in the middle of the night. And like, oh no! Like, oh. And <laughs> what was boot camp as bad as some people will make it out to be? See. Some people, like, have... It just depends on the person. Like, some people have, like, a really, really hard time with boot camp. And some people have, like... Like, almost have, like, a blast. Really? Like, you go into it with, like, an expectation of it being hard. And so, when it is hard, you are, in a sense, kind of happy. Because you're like, okay, like, I'm getting pushed. Like, I'm getting challenged here. And some people go in with the mindset of... You know, I don't want it to be hard. And so they're disappointed when it is. And yeah. then you have the people who are, like, sick and twisted. Yeah. Like some of the people I knew. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they were... Some of these guys were nuts. <laughs> like they wanted the pain. Yeah, like they, they enjoyed it. Yeah. Like they, they wanted to to be hurt. That's kind of weird. thing. Or, like, they were excited to go to war. And they, like, wanted to see the... I mean, I... I, I kind of get I kinda that. I kind of wanted to. Yeah. It's a weird thing, right? To to want to go to war. Yeah, like you're you go into boot camp and you're kind of like conditioned to like want that. Yeah, you like want to kill you 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 want to be in a firefight you you want to get you want to run over an IED you want to get blown up you know you, <laughs> like there's people that are like nuts. Especially the Marine Corps, I feel like you guys are even worse about that. We're, we're like oh yeah, we're we're conditioned to yeah. to want that because then when it comes it's not a big deal yeah it's that warrior mentality yeah you know it's like it's like sparta i mean if you're if if you can go and serve your country and die in battle you know that's the that's the ultimate you are number one yeah yeah i i totally get that my dad's a marine and um he's I mean, he, now he's like completely different than how I think he was when he was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> but he's worked for NASA for 35 years. He's a freaking nerd. Wow. Yeah. Um, but when, uh, like, 
I remember for the longest time he had his, uh, whatever you call it, his dress wear, uh, like dress his formals. Blues. Yes. Yeah. And uh, even when I was a kid, and I mean a kid, I was like probably 12, I would try and like put these on and like <laughs> I couldn't even fit in them because he was just like lean and fit. And he would tell me every day he would run six miles in the morning. And that was just his thing. Uh, he was an ace shot and, you know, like all this stuff. And he's got um, tattoos on his forearms. One is of uh, uh, it's the Grim Reaper. And the other is, uh, oh, what's that? Uh, it's like that zombie monster thing from um, oh, Iron Maiden. Uh, Eddie. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, so he's got, like, a Grim Reaper with a scythe on one hand, and then he's got this Eddie, like, demon-looking thing on the other. So he was, like, the the, the metalhead. Yes. Like, classic metalhead. Yeah. Marine, okay. Exactly. There's still a lot of those guys. Are there? Just not to the extent that your dad would be. Like, yeah. your dad is that that era of marine that's just its own creature very <laughs> their, very accurate their own breed yeah and it's so funny i remember as a kid we would go to places like a uh, county fair or whatever and inevitably he would end up somehow finding someone else that was a marine and they, they would spend the entire day sitting and talking and i would like come back and you know like check in with my dad and he would still be at this guy's tent talking about the you know I, I, I shouldn't do the dance because like I really I do respect <laughs> it. But like talking about the war, no, no just yeah, kidding. they kind of gravitate to each other. It's like it's it's a camaraderie. It's uh, you've all been through the same thing. Well, similar things. Yeah, you, you've all been through boot camp. You've yeah. all been through the same training. You all have a relation to each other. Like if obviously, if I were to sit down with your dad, we, we've been through. Completely different boot camps, completely different eras of Marine Corps. But I bet you guys could but still hit it off. We would still have that connection of just like we both held that title. Yeah. We both still hold that title. Yeah. I remember the first time that I said my dad was a Marine and he was like, uh uh-uh, uh, buddy. <laughs> He's like, it's a- once M a is, was, always will be. Yeah. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. mindset always stays there. Yeah. I can see it every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you salute in your sleep? No. No. Thank it's, God. it's not that bad. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, but um, there's this one uh, shithead at work who will, um, he's an Air Force uh, guy. Oh. He was in the on a similar program um, of him doing his uh, skill bridge, his internship, and so he's working there as well. And he'll constantly like make fun of me and stuff like that for being what? Marine versus you know Air Force. And wow. he'll like randomly like walk around. He'll like salute me, and then I'll just <laughs> like shake my head. But we have a running joke now because he did it walking backwards once, and then tripped and fell over a pallet. Oh, that's so Air Force. But it was <laughs> I. I was so impressed. I had so much respect for him because he held the salute all the way down. Did he? He, he flat <laughs> he out didn't just let it go. smacked his head on the concrete, holding oh, the salute. Oh my god! Like, holding the salute, like oh my god, man! Like you should have saluted him back. I should have. That was. <laughs> I was. I was impressed. Yeah, that is impressive. 
Would you ever go back in if you had to? If I had to? Yeah. Yeah, if I if if I had to, I would go back in. Um that, that's like the main reason I got out was just like there wasn't a huge purpose in it at the moment. Peacetime. It's peacetime Marine Corps, a lot of garrison life. Yeah. It just I wasn't I didn't feel like uh, like I was doing what I was supposed to kind of thing. Like What do you feel like you're supposed to do? Well, it, it, when you go into the Marine Corps, you feel like, you know, you go in there for a purpose, and I wasn't really fulfilling that purpose. Okay. I just like there was a purpose of supporting, you know, the the aircraft and the, the airfield. Um and there's a purpose of, you know, fixing and maintaining the equipment and staying prepared for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, always being ready. But it just wasn't the the fulfillment just wasn't there as like when I first joined. Cause I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna go do stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn all this cool stuff. I'm gonna go do cool stuff. Um and that just wasn't wasn't just happening. Wasn't really happening. Because it's just we're we're not really doing much right now, so so what uh, what what do you want to do long term now that you're out? Like, what's do you do you have like sort of a, an ideal that you're working toward, or what what's your end game? I mean, I, I was a I was a technician for the uh, all the Humvees and and the seven tons and all that. Yeah, like I was saying before, um, and honestly, I just I always enjoyed that portion of it. So, would you like to take that skill set that you developed in the Marine Corps and and just continue to implement those skills in civilian life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what more or less I've been doing. Yeah. Um, just keeping up, uh, being a technician, uh, learning more and more. I want to learn more levels of equipment because right now I'm, I'm working with a lot of carbureted small engines, uh, mowers, uh, lawn and garden equipment. It's um, not the big stuff that he got used to. Yeah, and... Okay. and it made it really nice because it's not big, huge, you know, diesel engines. It's these small, compact little things. It's complete, almost 180. Yeah. He's very detail-oriented and likes working with his hands. So he really enjoys the mowers, even though sometimes I think he does get a little bored because sometimes it is. I got a lot of crap at first from the guys I was in. I was stationed with. Because they're like, oh, yeah, you went from working on, you know, million-dollar pieces of equipment to these little lawnmowers. And it's like, I don't care. It's, it's, it's so, honestly pretty fun. Yeah. It's all so small. And then if you fuck up one little piece, the whole thing is. Yeah, yeah. especially with the little tiny carburetors. Yeah. You get, like, one grain of sand in there, and the whole thing Screw. just runs like crap. <laughs> so if you had your choice, would you be working on tractors? Or would you like to stay with a smaller equipment? I, I thought... I would enjoy tractors more and I didn't really get a whole lot of experience with them during the internship, but man, I'll tell you what, when, when I was farming I mean, we would have breakdowns all the time and uh, we'd call John Deere out and these guys would come out and it was like, they had like, I don't know this, the book of the dead. Like they had <laughs> skills that I, I mean, and we're handy, like we can fix things, but these guys would come out and they would jump up in the cab you know, do some magic taps on the touchscreen to like buttons that weren't <laughs> even actually buttons. And they would get this like menu, like a private menu that comes up 
and they can make the suspension, do all kinds of crazy stuff to get it in the right position so they can get in and work on it. And these are like $250,000 tractors. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what the hell did you just do, man? And I mean, it's, it's wild watching those guys work on that equipment. And I always thought it was the coolest thing. We, we had a, um, a technician who just retired recently. Um, he had been working on mowers and, and with agricultural equipment with John Deere for, 40 something years and he just knew everything like you bring a bolt to him and ask him like hey like do you know where this bolt goes and he'd be like oh yeah it's you know for so and so like this part like precisely yeah and i'd come up to him like hey do you know what this goes to and he's like no that doesn't go on anymore i've seen and sure enough it's just something i picked up off the ground (laughs) (laughs) and he just he just knows like all the in and outs all the tricks yeah you know, it's funny when you said that it reminded me of this guy one time I needed to get a wing nut for the radiator cover for, uh, for John Deere combine. And so I had had the wing nut and at some point I lost it and I still needed the replacement. So I'd gone to John Deere and uh, I was talking to the tech and I told him without even getting on the computer, he goes back and he comes out with two packages and there's one wing nut in each. And he said, which one is it? And I was like, actually, I think it's that one. And he's like, yep, all right. I was like, okay. I mean, some some of the parts guys I work with are insane. They have, like, exact part numbers memorized. It's like, they of, have like the for entire... blades. Yeah. For, for uh, fuel filters, for air filters, and on specific mowers, too. You just walk up to them, hey, I need an air filter for this. And they're like, all right, cool. Just send out a whole parts number. Man, you should... Uh you should do like a TikTok and ask them like, <laughs> all right, Hey, I'm going to quiz you on filters and you throw out like a model number of a mower and they have to give you the name of the filter or something. <laughs> I probably could though, which is awesome. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I love that. Well guys, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was nice to chat with you guys and fun to get to know you some more. And I, I know we're still like right on the edge of this offer. And so we've got like, I guess, a tentative acceptance, but I'm going to be super excited to get something back in writing. And actually I should probably look, wait, before we stop this, <laughs> we're just going to look and see what we've got going on. Oh, nope. Nothing yet. Dang. All right. That's right. As soon as you leave, I'll get it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. We'll yeah. leave. I'll send you a text and right there you'll get the email. Exactly. Cool. Well, guys, thanks again. I really appreciate it. It's nice of you guys. Nice of you guys to come over and hang out and share some of your lives with us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>